the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for doing so. You're so smart. Forecast, good deal of sunshine with some clouds uh, kicking in this evening. Might get a shower down to 35. Then cloudy seems to be the word of the weekend. May have a couple of showers both tomorrow and Sunday. Tomorrow's high 55, Sunday's high 44. Sixers beat Dallas 111-97 last night. Joel Embiid with 23 points. They're home tomorrow at 7 against Cleveland. Flyers play tomorrow afternoon at uh, 1, taking on Buffalo. And the Phillies are at Detroit Sunday afternoon, 105, getting the spring training schedule going. How exciting. As the snow melts, you can hear the pop of the baseball in the mitt. And it won't be long before opening day. Victoria, how you feeling? What's going on? It is Friday. I'm doing well. I have the Friday feeling. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it's the weekend's almost here. Is it tingly or... It's exciting. N- your hand goes numb or what happens? No, oh. I just feel very cheery. Okay. Well, I'll take that. <laughs> That's good. You'll be cheerier by the end of the program. You know why? Why? Because it's our famous Friday show. We have the... Now that's punny segment. We'll of cap course. things off. Those my favorite. Bad yes. dad jokes. You get to grade those with the sound effects. <laughs> so we'll have those on the back end. I know that you've been doing a, a lot of slicing and dicing this week. I have, yes. Different Phillies press conferences from Clearwater. I guess is it Clearwater there? I, that's yes. where they, That's where spring training was. I'm, I'm forgetting now if, they, if it ever moved. Yes, it is. Clearwater, Okay. Florida. So Phillies have Zoom calls every afternoon, typically 1230. Manager Joe Girardi is part of that, and so uh, I'll hop on when I can, listen in, and uh, ask a question every now and again. And then typically there's a player or a coach or whatever it might be. Uh, today, actually, on the, like the second guest of the day was former Phillies manager Charlie Manuel, which is pretty cool. Yes, Charlie, the old skipper. Yeah, he helped, of course, lead, you know, lead the team to a World Series back in 2008. And yeah. another appearance the following year. That's right. Even though they didn't win, it was against Joe Girardi, ironically. Who's the, the Yes, the current manager. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That might make for some interesting conversation. I bet. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Charlie is a is a uh, like a guest instructor at spring training, mm-hmm. and he had some health issues recently. So part of the Zoom call today, he just he was just glad to be back, grateful for the opportunity to set foot on a field again and all that. Yeah. Uh, I'm in sure. fact. Well, and at one point he was asked uh, during the the call today, um, you know, when you compare, and this is one of the clips you got ready, when you compare the team that he had, Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley and Shane Victorino, Ryan Howard, Brad Lidge, all those guys, and now you're looking at the teams now, it doesn't have the, the quite the clear star power, but he was asked on the Zoom call about the potential, you know, how, how the team was back then, 
And uh, and does this team maybe have what it takes to go uh, go somewhere in the playoffs? One of the biggest things that I've seen here in spring training is the camaraderie that we have and players mixing with one another. You know, like in, in a lot of them, if you look at our team and you see uh, the, the guys that we signed this winter, they were we they've been with us two or three years, and then of course we got Harper and we got uh, Bomb and we got we adding these additions and it kind of puts me in the mind of when. Pat Gillick made the big trade for us in the half a year when he cleaned some guys off of our team. I want to say that was in 207 or something, 206 or something, when he when he cleaned some players off of our team and we kind of united together. I see the same thing happening here. We got a we got a very good climate, I call it, you know, like uh, right now and and you know, on our team in the clubhouse. I like all I like all of our coaches that I've talked to so far. I really I, I enjoy being with the hitting coaches a lot, I, I think they're really hard workers. They got routines for everybody. They got and you know, like, and they coordinate their hitting. You know, like, and it's very, you know, like, and it's very in a professional way. They take each individual and, and you know, like, and they work with that one individual. Uh, spend more time with him than we have been in, in the last three or four years. But at the same time, as far as our uh, team right now. Tremendous feel, a tremendous feel on our club when we go outside and, and, and the players unite. And uh, I, I say that that the people that we, uh, I say Joe Girardi and also uh, Dave Dabowski and also those, the new coaches and the new players that we bought in, you fit well. I know most of the new players, and they're good. They're good clubhouse guys. All right, so straight from Charlie Emanuel, that you know he's been in this game for many, many years, and he knows talent when he sees it. And the climate, it matters. You know, you can have a lot of skill, but if you can't get along very well, or you're in little factions or whatever, it doesn't necessarily translate to team uh, to team success. Right, you need to gel as a team, as one unit. Yes, I mean, like some people around here, for example, they sit at their desk all day, they eat snacks, they don't even really say hi to anybody. And you kind of feel like it's a standoffish thing. For example, I'm not naming any names oh, or anything. I'm just wonder who that is. So, well, that, that's just an example. But <laughs> if there's more conversation, it can help spur ideas, creativity, things like that. That's actually me. Actually, I had lunch at my desk. It's not a good thing. They tell you you should not eat lunch at your desk. I figured you were referencing yourself. I, yes. Time, I'll throw myself under the bus. So, no, anyhow, I, I, uh, I do eat lunch at my desk oftentimes just to – Seems quicker that way, but anyhow. I snacks myself at my desk. Snacks is good. Snacks is great. When I was in high school, I used to graze all day long and never ate lunch at lunch. Almost never. They say it's actually healthier to eat a lot of small meals as opposed to sometimes. I've heard of that. You know, bigger Keep, keeps the metabolism higher. Yeah. I had like a bodybuilder when I went to Penn State. A roommate was a bodybuilder, and he said, "Tim, it is better." That, you know, you, you can probably hear whatever you want from whoever you ask, but he said it kept. It was like he says, "Imagine having like a." You know, like a blender, something, a, a spinning blade, and you're putting things in through one at a time. It can keep chewing through it pretty quickly compared to just dumping a big on top of it, and then it can't go through it as fast. So, of course, if you have a Vitamix, then it can go through pretty much anything. <laughs> so, anyhow, but we digress. What I'm looking forward to um, – so thanks for getting that, that, that audio for the program today, Victoria. And I know we have others we can try and mix in today and throughout the whole spring training, really, as baseball is getting underway. We're excited to have uh, chaplain for the Phillies join us today. His name is Jeff Betcher, and, uh, and he'll be hanging with us for a little while. He's also a pastor in Philadelphia, so we'll talk to him about that ministry he has going. And uh, maybe we'll do a couple of giveaways along the way. So a lot to do today. We're glad you're hanging out with us. It's our famous Friday show on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFAL.com, and on the app. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
AM 560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, and we're glad to make a new friend on the program today, Jeff Betcher. I'm saying it correctly, am I not? I hope. Yeah, you got it right. Good for you. Most right. people don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, serve a couple of roles. You're, I'm sure, many more than that, but uh, lead pastor of Christ Church in South Philly, if I have my facts straight, and also chaplain for the Phillies. So that's pretty cool. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's nice to make your acquaintance. Uh, I, I know you've been with the Phillies for how long? Now, a few seasons? I'm going into my fourth season now with them. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the previous, uh, one or two of the previous chaplains I had gotten to know, I've covered the team part-time for about, uh, I guess, since 97. Last few years, a little bit less. But uh, a gentleman named Rich Sparling, who's joined our program, was there for a lot of years. I got to know him. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, I know Rich well. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. great. Well, Jeff, it's nice to, to get to know you a little bit. I wanted to um, have you on for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, you know, baseball's happening now, and and uh, yep. folks are ready for the snow to go away. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> for sure. spring training's happening on Zoom calls all the time. So we could chat about that some, too. But I want to start just, uh, you know, in Philadelphia, where you are with your ministry with church. And even before that, just share a bit about how you got to know the Lord. And, and uh, you know, without that, obviously, all this other stuff isn't happening. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I um, I grew up in a uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Praise God! It's very grateful for that. Jesus was talked about and taught in my home, um, you know, since early as I can remember. But uh, you know, it was with one to a typical thing where you have to go. You know, your faith has to become your come your own. And and I probably experienced that. You know, my early teen years. Uh, I think there was a genuine love for for God, and uh, so I was you know grateful for that. But there was also um, I think something that commonly a lot of kind of church kids can struggle with is a, a real deep-seated self-righteousness. Um, and so I thought, I thought God was great, but I also thought I was pretty great too. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do anything that bad. You know, I was a good guy, respectful to, you know, people and people liked me and, you know, I knew a lot about the Bible. And so um, I you know, had a certain level of respect. I'm leading Bible studies, leading worship and was, you know, really, really, uh, I was really full of, full of myself. For uh, for a few years there, hmm. and then um, uh, to kind of make a, a long story short, in my uh, junior year of high school, kind of coming out of that, there was a situation where I got involved with a, uh, in, a in a relationship that that was not not honoring God, and um, and and I had good friends in my life who knew that, that relationship wasn't honoring God, and so they were you know challenging me on it and stuff. And I really just what I did is I kind of just hit it all, and so I had my my Christian church face, and then I had my what Jeff wants to do lifestyle. Hmm. And so I was really living in two worlds for, for a good period of time. And then one of the best things that ever, you know, happened to me was I got caught and uh, I got caught. My relationship got exposed and it was, it was horrible. Uh, it was very embarrassing, but it was also uh, what God used to just really rescue me. And so uh, just very grateful that came out because I was really just confronted with this fact of, okay, I believe that God is great. Believe that for pretty much my whole life. And I thought that Jeff was great. What I really, what I came to realize is that Jeff is not great. You know, left it to myself. I'm a liar. I'm a manipulator. Um, I will pursue my own selfish ends and not care about what wreckage I leave in my path. And so I was really just really confronted with my sinfulness for the first time. And for a while, I didn't know what to do with that. I mean, you know, again, have this big view of God, but now that I have a small view of myself, I'm like, man, how... God must be so angry with me, you know, uh, I didn't want to worship anymore, I, and I used to love leading worship even, I didn't want to be involved in any of that, because I'm like, I'm just kind of up as a, 
you know, a smoldering wick somewhere because lightning's going to come out of uh, heaven and strike me down because I'm just I've been an absolute hypocrite. And so I, th- I think I had a healthy understanding of the, the holiness of God, but I had a, an unhealthy application of what that meant for me. Because yeah. uh, really, what, what I felt was I felt in tremendous distance that I put between me and God. And you know, the reality is my my gospel just wasn't wasn't that big. You know, I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins, but um, you know, from a young age, but I don't think I really grappled with my own sinfulness that much. And so, um, you know, when you have a high view of God and a low view of yourself, and you don't have a gospel to kind of bridge that gap, they can be a very, very dark place. So I was in a dark place for, for a bit. And then, um, you know, God just knew his kindness. Uh, you know, listening to a sermon was at a conference that my parents dragged me to. I didn't want to be there at all. Um, but they, they dragged me to it. And uh, it was just listening. And the scripture verse that really just came to my heart was Romans 5, 8, when God says, um, you know, God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And just in that moment, I mean, I've read that scripture, you know, tons of times before, but in that moment, I think it just came alive to my heart. I was like, okay, this is, this, this is the gospel. Like, when God sees my sin, what he sees is how far he had to come to save me. He sees, this is why Christ died for me. He didn't die for a good person. He didn't die to show me, you know, give me some good advice about how I can live my best life now. They came because I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. Uh, I'm an ugly sinner, and yet Christ doesn't love me because I'm this lovely person. He loves me because he's just that loving of a person. And so I think the gospel and understanding that, you know, I'm a sinner, but I really do have a Savior, and my sin is not too big for Jesus, but it's actually the reason that Jesus came. Um, and that's when the gospel kind of came alive a lot in my heart. And uh, the truth that I'd known for, you know, a long time, it's one thing to know a truth, it's something to be gripped by that truth. And I think it's when that, you know, that truth just really, really gripped my life. So yeah. that's kind of how I came to faith, um, yeah, I, I would say. That. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Betcher is our guest. He's lead pastor of Christ Church in South Philadelphia, chaplain for the Phillies. We want to keep our conversation going with him about the church, also work with the Phillies, and much more to do this hour. Just a quick break to take first. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. It's 421, the Tim DeMoss Show, the famous Friday edition. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget the Cash for Couples giveaway wraps up at midnight tonight. You win $500 for a date, perhaps a home improvement project, maybe to give away to somebody else or bless somebody else. Whatever it is, get entered by midnight tonight at WFIL.com. We are, um, among other things, pleased to have Jeff Betcher join us. He is lead pastor of Christ Church in uh, South Philadelphia, also chaplain for the Phillies. We're just kind of talking through some things here. And before I forget, though, and get too much into, like, what you do, uh, you also, if I'm not mistaken, you're married and have kids. Yeah, so praise God, I'm married to a wife I don't deserve. So we've been married for uh, we've been married for, for 12 years. Um, I'd say my wife is living proof that, that prayer works because there's no there's no other way that uh, a woman of her caliber can be married to a you know a schlump like me. So um, you know I'm super grateful for her. My wife Angie, she's amazing. And then we have uh, yeah, I'm blessed by God with three children. So I have wow. a daughter who's uh, ten, a son who's eight, and uh, my youngest son is four. So you guys are on a zone defense right now, two on three. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're outmanned. We're outmanned. But, uh, <laughs> but, but fortunately, we have to, we have to war our side, so I think we're holding around. That's good. <laughs> well, and I, I wanted to bring that up because, uh, you know, you're, you're not who you – what they say, you're not what you do. You, 
you want to you know, be a child of God first, obviously, and then hopefully mm-hmm. a husband and a dad and, and a friend. Um, That's right. As far as the work at church goes, talk about uh, how you came to Christ Church and, and the work you do there and, and you know, the, how you view the community, how you, how you minister and all that. Absolutely. So I was pastoring a church in, um, over in uh, South Jersey for a while, and uh, was just really feeling stirred by God. Um, again, was reading the book of Romans, and, and in it, there's this great passage where Paul says, you know, I desire to go where Christ is yet to be named. Um, and so just that, that idea of, you know, what Paul would do in the New Testament, if you go and you, you start churches, and the best way to get the gospel into new communities is through planting local churches where people can experience and, and hear the gospel and see it lived out. And so, you know, I started praying, Lord, is that something you would have for me, you know, to, to, to plant a church somewhere? And, um, and started to think about where, and okay, you know, where's the place that Christ has yet to be named? You know, where, where are some of the unreached places that exist in, in, our, in our country? And honestly, it didn't have to go far. I mean, you know, people know a lot about the city of Philadelphia. What, what you might not know is uh, only 3% of the people who live um, in my part of the city, South Philadelphia, only 3% um, attend a church on a Sunday. And, uh, and, and what does even attending a church even mean, right? Like, as, as wow. obviously, people can attend a church and not even be Christian. And so yeah, yeah. there's very, very, very few Christians uh, here in South Philadelphia. There's a real, it's a real gospel desert. And so um, just felt like, man, what would it look like to go and just start a church in that area? From where, um, by and, the way? Where were, you, where were you viewing that from? I yeah, so I'm viewing that from South Jersey, uh, Marlton, Marlton okay. New Jersey. Okay, so yep. local yeah. enough, but not right in Philly. Okay, that's good. Yeah, local enough, not right in Philly. So, um, yes, yeah, so really, you know, we, we had a, we had a church plant meeting an interest meeting. We had like something like 120 people who got real excited once the map that, but then what I did was I took a, I took a map and I drew a mile radius of, of where we were going to plant, you know, where the church building was going to be. Yeah. I said, Hey, say, just so everyone knows, like we're going to plant a church. We're not going to plant a Sunday service, but what the church is, the church is a gathering of people. And so if you want to be part of this church, you, we have to be in the community. And so you have to be willing to relocate. You know, I, I know you can drive from Cherry Hill or New Jersey. You know, you can very easily drive from New Jersey over into Philly. But if we're going we're gonna to plant this church and we really have roots in the community, we need to be in the community. So, I mean, I sold my home and moved into South Philly. And, uh, you know, that, that group of 120 people who were originally interested, yeah. they, they kind of went down to about 30, but it was the right 30 people. And so Interesting. we started the church. Um, that was back in, oh, I always get my dates messed up. Um, we started in 2014. We came with that group of, of people in 2014. And in 2015, we started in public services. And uh, yeah, now by the grace of God, we've grown to about 250. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a team of pastors here now, super grateful for, for them. And um, God's just doing a good work. We um, most, most of our church are people who have never been to a church before. You know, ours is the first church they've been a member of. And so um, just seeing people, you know, come to faith and uh, be baptized as believers in the name of Christ and being discipled, um, you know, in the truth of the gospel. It's, been, it's just been one of the greatest joys of my life, seeing what God's doing here. Amen. Jeff Betcher, our guest, he's lead pastor of Christ Church in South Philadelphia, also chaplain for the Phillies. And I, you know, not that it has to be one size fits all by any stretch. I, I, would, I would hope that pastors, wherever they are across the country and around the world, are following God's lead for what's needed right where they are. Uh, and, and and are married to him, not an idea or whatever, right? So, uh, but mm-hmm. how, how what does that look like for you? Then it sounds like uh, you know because you want the gospel to lead, but you're very much like trying to get it 
ingrained in all the people and share life with people. So any any aspect of the how you run things at Christ Church and how things are done there, I should say, or however you want to put it, um, that that you found to be effective and maybe even something transferable. Someone could be listening and saying, well, maybe we should, that's a good idea. Maybe we could think about that way or at least talk about it at our church. Uh, maybe that's a good way of reaching the community. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's two things I think we try to do. We really do try to think about cultivating community both within the church and then how do we, as a community, uh, you know, within the church, reach the community around us. So I think it actually starts with having strong relationships within the church context. And so for us, we just, you know, we spend a lot of time together. So we have, you know, small groups or just hangouts. We just, we really prioritize. We, we When people come over and, uh, you know, we have new members come to our church, we say, hey, when you become a member of Christ Church, everyone is signing up for kitchen table ministry. That's the one ministry we're all called to. And when we say that, it's kitchen table ministry. It's just the idea that we're going to be in each other's homes. We're going to be having meals over kitchen tables together and just enjoying time and building that relationship. And that's that's what it means to be the church. Again, the church is a gathering of people. And then from that strength of relationship, you're really positioned to be able to meet the needs in your community. And so for us, it was just paying attention. You know, as we got to be friends with our neighbors and, you know, have our kids going to schools and just being involved in the community, you're just aware of needs that come up. And so, I mean, a perfect example would be when our, you know, pandemic hit, um, we had, uh, you know, the school shut down, and one of the major challenges that came from that was the schools were a source of actually getting a lot of food into needy families' homes, and so they weren't able to do that because their buildings were shut down. Right. And so we, we split that up, and we kind of adopted three schools and started feeding, you know, around 500 or so families on a weekly basis. Uh, we're just giving them about a week's worth of groceries. And, um, you know, that started back in March. I think we're something like, 25,000 boxes of groceries <laughs> into wow. this now. And um, yeah, it's trying to be responsive to a need that exists in our community and, uh, you know, and trying to serve them in any way I can. So it's, a lot of it's, just, it's just cultivating relationships. So cultivating relationships in the church and then cultivating relationships with people outside the strict church and seeking to be, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus. How can you serve them in a practical way? Amen. Jeff Betcher is our guest. He's lead pastor of Christ Church in South Philadelphia, also chaplain for the Philadelphia Phillies. And with the Phillies coming up this Sunday, and their first spring training game, thought it might be nice to have them on the program, talk a little baseball too. We'll get to that in a little bit. And we have much more to come. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 432, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Got some clouds and rain ahead this evening and throughout the weekend really sums it up. Cloudy and raining off and on. 35 the low tonight, 55 the high tomorrow, 47 the high for Sunday. And the extra soggy, of course, as the snow melts as part of that. Get your rain boots out. Sixers, 111-97 over Dallas. Last night, Joel Embiid with 23 points to lead the way. They're home tomorrow at 7 against Cleveland. Flyers are at Buffalo at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And the Phillies are at Detroit Sunday afternoon at 105 for the big spring training opener. We have uh, Philly's chaplain, Jeff Betcher, with us. He's also lead pastor of Christ Church in South Philadelphia. We'll keep our conversation rolling on those fronts in a second. But first, want to just give you a, a quick little taste of what's going on in Florida on a Zoom call this week with Bryce Harper of the Phillies. And he's talking about uh, what's in store. What's, what's the season going to be like for the team and what are their chances? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the best division in baseball. 
Um, I don't think that's even a question. We have five teams in, the, in this division that um, are really good, really good pitching, really good young pitching, good bullpens, good lineups. I mean, so I think this is going to be a juggernaut of a division. It's it's going to take the team that uh, stays healthy, the team that knows how to play baseball the best way, beats the teams they need to, um, and plays you know plays hard all year long and don't have the injuries or anything like that. Uh, the team that can do that in this division is going to you know be able to do that and. You know, hopefully if we can put the put our right foot forward and have our lineup healthy all year and our pitch started pitching healthy all year, uh, getting the revamped bullpen that we do, I think we'll be right there in the hunt, and you know, hopefully we can do that. That's Phillies outfielder Bryce Harper on the Tim DeMoss Show and on a Zoom call earlier, and I guess it was a day or two ago, as the Phillies make available different players throughout the week during spring training. We'll bring you some clips from that throughout the month and throughout the season should be able to bring some, uh, you know, up close and personal type things. And we'll hopefully have some of the players actually on the show itself, live and in color. So uh, one thing at a time though, uh, back with Jeff Betcher, who again, lead pastor of Christ church in South Philadelphia and chaplain for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, you know, every month our station sends out uh, an e-newsletter to pastors, a couple thousand in the uh, Philadelphia area and at the end of that newsletter, it's written by a, like a kind of a pastor at a corporate level who's traveled the country, and, and that's his whole job is to really serve the different radio stations that our parent company, Salem Media Group, is in. Uh, but at the end of that each month, I need to write a little something just to kind of localize things. And so it's the end of the month, and I'm actually going to ask you, Jeff, to do me a favor. Um, you know, if you had a chance, because to be honest, it's a lot to you know, think through and try to have something uh, uh, every month to, to share – um, but I enjoy doing it, but it does take some brain space. But I figure, you know, you're a pastor and you're in Philadelphia. So if you had a chance to speak to a couple of thousand pastors and then just encourage them in one way or another, what would you, you know, share with them? Well, I think particular to this season that we're in is everyone was feeling just tremendously isolated and, and stressed by everything going on. And pastors are not immune from that. I was actually just looking at um, a study yesterday done by the Barnard Group that something like 70% of pastors are considering leaving the ministry right now. Hmm. And uh, I think it's just because of the, you know, it's just all the the stresses of the COVID crisis. I've, I've, uh, I've likened being a pastor right now feels like being a lifeguard and watching people drown, hmm. but your hands are handcuffed behind you, like you can't do anything to help them. And you're, you're seeing people just really struggle with all the ways that isolation is eating away at our emotional and spiritual health. And yet as a pastor, like, we can't like gather everyone together the way you were used to doing, and and it's just it's really hard. And so, I think my encouragement to pastors, and uh, probably my encouragement to uh, to any, any Christian right now is, um, you know, we're going through these kind of desert times, these really dry times. We need to press even more into the streams of grace that God's given us. You know, um, Psalms talks about the wells of salvation. It's the idea that there's when you're in a desert, you would have different wells that you go to, right? You know, here's a well that I'm going to get replenished by, and that's going to get me enough to go to the next well. And, and so what are these wells? What are the streams that God's given us to replenish ourselves in desert seasons? And I think it's just, it's, it's nothing really flashy, but it's time in His Word, time in prayer, and time in fellowship with other believers. Uh, I mean, that's just again and again, those three things, prayer, fellowship, and Bible reading you see throughout Scripture. And so I would just say, now's the time, you know, not necessarily to even try to get creative, but, but to double down, to mm. double down and to, you know, really give yourself to these, these means of grace. I mean, if there's ever a time as pastors, we need to be in the Bible, not just what we preach to others, but what we need to preach for ourselves. Like, yeah. we, we need to be in the Bible these days. Like, how can I, what sermon do I need to hear today? 
you know, and our, how are we reading God's Word for ourselves, and then prayerfully meditating on that, and, and, and seeking the Lord, and then having time, and, you know, with you know, believers, and it might look different, you know, maybe it's taking a walk, you know, the kitchen table ministry thing has been a little challenging, you know, you know, not right. even have people in your home the same way, and right. you know, understand we're all in different places on that, but maybe it's even this, it's a phone call, you know, it's, it's a Zoom call, but how can we press into other people? Um, I think my encouragement would be, don't try to do something creative, and um, you know, as you're going through this this time, what are the normal, ordinary means of grace that God's giving you to cultivate your relationship with Him, and and double down on that because it's a it's a challenge right now, There's no doubt about it. It's a challenge. Amen. Persevere. Keep leaning into it. That's I like that. That's a that's a good Amen. reminder. Don't forget each other too. I like the part you said yep. also about don't forget fellow, your fellow pastor. Maybe give a fellow pastor a call. How are you doing yep. today, bud? Because your peers will understand each other's workloads perhaps a little bit differently. Um, I know you got a lot of stuff going on today. Just uh, just a couple seconds on your your fun time. I guess ministering to the players is a, is a thing. And and I'd say up front, uh, out of respect for players, it's obviously it's a, uh, a privacy thing. So my question to you about, or a question or two, just about the opportunity to to minister to the Phillies players. I know you have a series of YouTube videos. At least I've seen a, a few of them, right? So if, if folks are like, yeah. "Oh, is so and so a believer?" Like, okay, this is not what this conversation's about. But they could get a chance to hear directly from a player and, and your interviews with those guys. I think you did that in the last year or two, right? That's right. Yeah, we did that. We, we, where that came from is we were going to have this faith night where some of the guys who had recently come to faith were like, "Man, we want to share. We want to use our platform to share about the gospel." And I'm like, "That's awesome." So actually, last season, we were going to have, like, after one of the games, some of the players are going to come out, and we're going to invite whoever wants to stay to stay, and they're going to kind of share their testimonies and talk about their faith. And then, obviously, that all got shut down. We couldn't have uh, fans in the stands. And so we said, what does that look like to kind of maybe do that virtual? And so I'm uh, really grateful that those guys were willing to use their, their social media platforms to, uh, to do that. And so, um, yeah, you know, people can they, – they follow the various players. They could see it there if they go to – you know, our, uh, we, we did it through our YouTube account at the church, so Christ Church South Philly, if you go to our YouTube account there. Okay. You can look up the various guys, and yeah, it was great. It was, it was a really great time. That's great. And again, it's at Christ Church of South Philadelphia, or is that just Google that through YouTube and they'll, they'll see that through there, I suppose, the channel? Yeah, Christ Church, Christ Church South Philly. Put that on YouTube. You'll see it there. And then the, I think the playlist is called Phillies and Faith. Okay. It was like, you know, eight, eight different guys. And some of them had the wives of them, too, which was cool. So yeah. it was a great time. That's great. What do you find? And maybe just to uh, – because I always think it's important people can pray for – uh, the players, because you know, just because they did a good video, maybe they've struggled since, right? So we all do. We all need mm-hmm. encouragement day to day. What What would you encourage folks who are listening, who are especially Phillies fans, and they're getting excited for the season, they're watching the games on TV, um, how they can pray for you, and also how they can pray for the players, some of the struggles they may have, or, or areas that you know that they have challenges in. Maybe it's just the same as anybody else, just accentuated in certain areas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably say in two, you know, two categories. Um, you know, one, just like everyone else, I mean, they're going through, uh, obviously, this ever-changing kind of pandemic that we're living in. Uh, but the challenge for them is, you know, they, um, you know, not only do they have to, you know, navigate various states' restrictions, whatever, but, you know, they have to navigate major league, res- you know, restrictions and protocols. And it's, it's pretty right. elaborate sometimes. Yeah. So, um, and you can just imagine, I mean, some of these guys, you know, they're moving from one place, to now they're down in Florida for a couple months, then they're going to move back up here to Philly. And just trying to do all that in the current climate is a... Uh, it's also pretty stressful and pretty challenging. Yeah. Um, and so I think just praying for grace upon them, grace upon their families, uh, you know, grace for their wives, who honestly, usually the wives are the ones that are doing a lot of the logistics because yeah. the guys are working pretty hard on the field every day. Sure. So I think just praying for their, you know, for their families and uh, for peace as they, 
navigate this ever-changing situation. I think that'd be one thing. And I think the second thing would just be, you know, um, praying, praying for them to be, to, to be able to, to use, use their platform to share Christ. And I, I think what sometimes, you know, as fans, we think about that as, you know, maybe a guy doing, you know, what they did with me last year, like going on social media or saying something really public. But some, I, I think the biggest mission field these guys have is honestly in the clubhouse. And not everyone thinks about that way, but, hmm. you know, something, the reality is the best person to reach another player is another player. And so, you know, for them, you know, how are they cultivating relationships with their teammates and using those relationships as opportunities to share the good news of Jesus? And so I know the guys that, you know, I get together with on a regular basis, you know, what we're, what we're trying to do together is we're trying to grow in how we apply the gospel to our lives and how do we grow, like, just as disciples of Jesus together. And then how do we go and, and seek to make disciples and seek to, to do that within, within the clubhouse? Um, you know, first and foremost. And so uh, I think just for the guys, you know, just them having that kind of, we call it a missionary mindset. It's them really, them seeing themselves, not just balls players, but as people who have been sent by God as missionaries to the world of baseball. And, uh, you know, their mission field is, is their teammates. And so how can they uh, be approaching each and every day, not just thinking about, um, you know, what they have to do on the field, but think about the mission they have off the field of sharing the gospel with people and, I know uh, I know the players would love prayer uh, for for opportunities to share Christ with their teammates. I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that. That really, it's very practical for them rather than just to say chapel or a relationship being feeding them, which is very important too. But mm-hmm. but now the idea of you grow by doing, and uh, you know Jesus died for you, but not just for you. So let's push it out. <laughs> so, That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, Jeff, it's great to make your acquaintance. Hopefully, we can chat with you during the season at some point and. I'm ready to hear the pop of the ball in the mitt. You know, it's getting getting. You're, you're a fan, I'm guessing, or do you, are you kind of not? Does it matter to you necessarily? You know what? I was always uh, on a. You know, I'm from the Philadelphia area, so always been a Philadelphia sports fan. I I grew up playing basketball, so I was always a big Sixers fan, Eagles fan, and yeah, you know, love the Phillies just because. I mean, everyone loves the Phillies, but uh, it's funny now. Now being um, you know kind of on this side, you develop relationships with the players, and so I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan in the same way because now it's like. Uh, I don't think about what's going to be best for the team. I think about, like, you know, the guys that I care about staying on the team. You know, even if they're struggling, it's like I still want them here, you know. So yes. um, <laughs> you think about it a little bit different way. I kind of like it. Like, you know, imagine going to, like, one of your, your good friends, like, ball games. You kind of root for the guy. So I feel like I root now more for individuals yeah. than, I do, than I do for the team. But um, That's funny. You know, I do, I do love the organization, and it's, uh, it is exciting. I think they made some – some good moves this offseason. I think they're going to be. It's a, it's a tough division for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I think uh, I think that they made some some good moves, and yeah, I'm you know looking forward to spring training kicking off here soon, and um, yeah, looking forward to the season as much as everyone. So I heard, I heard recently that we'd like to be able to get some fans back in the stands. So that would yes. be awesome. Yes, I was on um, a Zoom call when they when they ended, one of the reporters had just come from a town uh, council meeting or city hall whatever meeting and asked Joe Girardi what would it be like because last year. His debut year as manager, he didn't get to manage in front of anybody. <laughs> so, That's right. Right? That's right? So, yeah, that will be exciting. Jeff, enjoy your weekend. Say hi to your family for us, and we'll hope to have you on again sometime. Thanks, Tim. Great meeting you. Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. That's Jeff Betcher. He's the lead pastor of Christ Church in, Christ Church in South Philadelphia, chaplain for the Phillies. Uh, been a nice conversation here, Victoria. It's always great to make a new friend on the program, eh? Yes, it is. You know? and Very was, interesting. Yeah, and he was referencing um, the fans in the stands thing. I know as you were working on some of the audio from the Zoom calls this week, Bryce Harper actually talked about that. Yes. Yeah, here's what Bryce had to say about the possibility of some Phillies fans being in the stands this year. 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough. You know, I think it was, you know, most tough because we didn't have our families in the stands either. You know, I think being able to have your wife and your kids there, being able to perform in front of them is, is always fun. Um, and then, of course, this, the city of Philadelphia, having their fans in the stands, there's nothing better. Um, I think people are eager to go to ballparks, eager to go to sporting events to kind of get it back to what it was before. You know, I think uh, getting out of their houses and, and getting into the stadiums, if they, they feel safe and want to do it, then it's great for us. It's great for the game. Um, it's great for them as well. The mental capacity of putting people in stadiums is, is going to be so much fun for them and getting families back together in the summertime and you know, seeing the fanatic again and stuff like that. It's just, it's such a, such a cool thing to think about. Um, I'm really excited to hopefully get them back in there and, you know, hopefully uh, the state of Pennsylvania can, can figure that out for us. Yeah, there you go. Bryce Harper on a Zoom call with the Phillies and the Phillies media this week. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Well, one one step at a time. Uh, we have our famous pun segment coming up before the hour is done, uh, Victoria. However, there are a lot of things happening. I just want to bring this up very briefly. We have... And they mention this once in a while. We have about a dozen different contests and opportunities for listeners, kind of on an ongoing basis. So one of them is a ministry of the month. It's a it's a feature, a spotlight on a given ministry. This month, it's hap- it happens to be a new beginning with Greg Laurie. You can catch at 10 a.m., 7 p.m., several times over the weekend. And as part of just kind of mentioning those info detail type things, we're giving away Pastor Lori's new book. It's called World Changers. And kind of the idea is that God still transforms his followers into world changers, including you, not just folks like uh, Noah and Abraham and Moses and all those folks, but you too. You can listen to God's call in your life and let God uh, use that in a very powerful way. So get entered for that. There's a grand prize. That wraps up this Sunday at midnight when the month concludes. Hard to believe it'll be March on Monday. Uh, we have a C.C. Winans new CD coming out in March, March 12th. You can enter to win that from now, perhaps an autographed copy. We have a book called The Glorious Pursuit by a gentleman we had on the program not too long ago, Gary Thomas, who's an author and speaker about pursuing the virtues and becoming who God created us to be. Michael O'Brien's Crown Him CD, still up for grabs. That's through this Sunday. He's leading faith in the deeper, uh, leading worship, I should say, on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise later this year. And there's a grand prize for that one. And there's the Love for a Lifetime contest, Dr. James Dobson and Family Talk, which comes up a little later on today. His DVD, Love for a Lifetime, kind of celebrating Valentine's Month. And not to be forgotten, the Cash for Couples giveaway, which wraps up at midnight tonight, where you can win $500. A couple of those prizes are going to be handed out, too. So a lot to do, a lot to win. And jump on board with that, if you would. And uh, have fun at WFIL.com. Tool around a little bit. You can see the different things like the program guide. Find out what programs air, when, and all that sort of thing. That's all coming up. Now, being our famous Friday show, I think it's important to put a little thump in the program. Not that it's been a sleepy program. It's been a good one. But there's a song that came along uh, just in the last week or so from one of my favorite, not only Christian musicians and musicians, period, but people. And his name is Toby McKeon. You may know him as uh, one of the three guys from DC Talk back in the day. And then he and the other guys have all done a bunch of solo albums and some other work. He lost his son about a year and a half ago, his firstborn at age 21. And then came coronavirus, a lot of other things, tours canceled, bunch of stuff. Um, so he wrote a song and it's just released. It's called, I highly recommend you look this up. It's called Help is on the Way. And in parentheses, maybe midnight. And he explains it online as God rolling up his sleeves. He was reading one of the Psalms where it talks about God's rolling up his sleeves. And he said, you know, I was in the place of hope and trusting through the dark times, losing my son of coronavirus, everything else. 
But it really made me smile to think God is rolling up his sleeves on my behalf. And so this song is a song of faith. It's a song of hope. It's really pulsating with hope. And um, it's a celebration. You got to see the video to this. I'd like to put it on our Facebook page, you know, maybe in the next few days. But for now, just listen to the song. Enjoy it. It's called, again, uh, Help is on the Way, Maybe Midnight. The video part of it ties in with uh, the like someone who's lost, maybe a wayward child, okay? But it can apply to any circumstance in your life. And I will repeat, I'm going to put one lyric out here for you. Partway through, he says, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's years. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. And that's just a part of the, that's not the main part of the song, but it'll go by real quick if you're not paying attention. I thought that's a really important lyric because I think we can believe God can help us or even that he will, but when, like the wind starts to take over to a really large degree, even crowds God out and uh, becomes bigger than God even. And so I think it's important to acknowledge God and help is on the way. He is on the way. But keep in mind, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's years. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. The song is not about God's going to make it all better by tomorrow. But the, the song is a song of, that's why I said it's a song of faith. Because despite what's going on, to believe in who God is, that God's not changing based on the circumstances. He's who he is. His character remains the same. He's strong and true and he's faithful. Check this out. I've played the song a lot lately in our household. Hope you enjoy it. Help is on the way. AM560, WFL.com on the app. I'm telling you, you see the video for that song? I'd be curious. Uh, check it out and then text the text line. What do you do today, tomorrow, over the weekend, or email me? I want your reaction on that. Maybe we'll make more of a thing out of this next week. I just am really uh, excited about this song because of its message. And the video, in this case, adds so much to that song. I'm just giving you a heads up from now. You're going to be hearing this song on the program a little bit in the days to come. Hopefully a song of hope that encourages you. Quick break. We'll come back to cap things off with Now That's Punny. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for hanging out today. We appreciate you being there. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. show special now that's punny music because our puns this time around victoria at least for a while have something to do with baseball are they now yes are you ready yes i am all right why is a baseball game a good place to go on a hot day i don't know why because there are lots of fans (laughs) that's a simple sweet little one we heard about the Deeper Faith Alaska cruise a minute ago with the uh, Michael O'Brien uh, CD we're giving away on how he's leading worship. What do you call a boat full of polite baseball players? What? A good sportsmanship. Thank you very much. You know, I was wondering, Vic, why the baseball was getting bigger and bigger. What? Then it hit me. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a good one. Yeah. You like that? All right. That's good. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled, now that's punny music. Uh, what do you call a girl standing in the middle of a tennis court? What? 
Annette! <laughs> I see you're frowning over there. I called my local gym yesterday to ask about their uh, advanced aerobics class, and they said, well, how flexible are you? I said, well, I can't do Mondays or Wednesdays, all right? <laughs> Actually, Vic, I don't know if you know this, but I work out almost every day. Thursday almost worked out. Friday almost worked out. Saturday almost worked out. <laughs> they need an eye roll sound effect. <laughs> so Victoria rolled her eyes. That was it. That was the sound effect. My laughter was the sound effect. Yeah. It was all right. I was on the golf course the other day, and this one guy says to his caddy, I would move heaven and earth to break 100 on this course. And the caddy said, well, try heaven. You've already moved most of the earth. Houston, we have a problem. You like that? And that'll do it for our fine Now That's Punny segment. Vic, have a good weekend. You too, Tim. Hope you get some workouts in. Yeah, me too. Hope springs eternal. (laughs) See you Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Again, check out our site, WFL.com. Lots of contests and features to enjoy. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries. Leads and prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.